This Could Give Me Fire podcast. What up? I'm Jizzo. That is John Magic, and we are back. We wanted to do the intro for this one a little different because we have a special guest on this episode, and we we want to cover so much that we just wanted to get into the show. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to one of my former co-workers. We both started in L.A. radio in the early 2000s. We're going to get into that. Uh, we both started at Power 106. Um, something all three of us, Jizzo, myself, and our guests have in common is we're imaging directors. Yeah. At one point, that that was one of our positions. Mm-hmm. And Jizzo, you want to explain what an imaging director does? Yeah, so the best way that I've heard it explained is uh, what we do is we paint with sound. Mm. So if you were going to listen to the radio and anything that's not the music or the commercials, you hear like the little things in between songs or like the what we call like the promos promoting Yo, we got tickets to go see Drake. He's going to be here, and it's going to be at this date. Uh, you got to be caller number nine. And all that, that that thing that you hear on the radio, that's called an imaging piece. Can we give him a sample of, like, one of your work? Uh, yeah, let me play some right now. Come back, come back, 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 back. coming back. Stay on it, y'all. B95, Fresno's home for hip-hop and hits. So that's one of Jizzo's work, and uh, our guest, he is one of my favorite imagers, um, and he's probably one successful imaging director for the country because he's done multiple stations, which we'll talk about that on the podcast, um, his radio career, what imaging has got him, because currently he works for Big Boy's Neighborhood, which is a syndicated nationwide morning show. Yep. And uh, Big Boy's Neighborhood, some of you might know him, but if you don't, we'll, we'll find out about that. But that's who he works for now. And super excited to have this guest, right? Yeah, man. It's going to be a good one. I got a lot of questions for him. And uh, are we going to get into it now? Let's start it. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest, Sketchomatic. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Young Jizzo, J-Magic. It's like my... My honor and my pleasure to be on This Could Get Me Fired podcast. I'm sure I can speak for Jizzo and say uh, it is definitely our pleasure to have you on. But I wanted to start where we first met. Like I said earlier, we were co-workers at Power 106 during its heyday. Yeah. I started in 99. What year did you start? 98. I started in 98. And I remember it very well because whenever I think back, I'm like, man, it's crazy the life I've lived. What's the story of you getting into radio and meeting Big Boy? I got into radio when I was 16 years old, and that was like the KXLU days, and Mike Nardone and Cockney O'Dyer, which they had like specialty shows like on the weekends, you know, for an hour or two. But I was always friends with Big Boy because I'd known him since I was 12. So he, I knew him before he got into radio, before he got famous, right? He was always famous to us in Culver City, where I went to school, because he was always Big Boy. He was always that personality. Uh, but eventually when he got to power, that's when I was like, I want to do like, this is what I want to do. And I wanted to be a power mixer on the air. I wanted to DJ, which I do DJ. And I I started DJing when I was 12 and other thing, but eventually the imaging came around and the production, the audio, like you said, audio artists, which by the way, thank you so much for that. (laughs) But the audio artist part didn't happen until I was, uh, 18 years old. And it was by accident. I'm sure you guys have heard of the 360 shortcut. Yeah. uh, Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me put my headphones back on because now I can't hear you. <laughs> check, check. Okay, wh- while you get your headphones, I guess we should preface that this is our first Zoom in 
uh, podcast guest because Sketch is um, out in L.A. Yeah, I'm all the way in Burbank. Okay, there we go. Now I can hear myself, by the way, you guys, because I didn't have my settings right. That's on me. Not much of an audio artist on on my side right now because I was, you're right. I haven't done I've done it reverse where I'm recording and I'm interviewing, but this is my first time being a guest. And thank you so much because I was like, man, I want to be a guest on somebody's pod. I want to be a guest on this could get me fired podcast because wow. Oh, see, I don't want to jump all over the place. This is how excited I am. Okay, um, so let me let me quickly just go back. I just answer and put a final thought on the when did I start? A power was ninety eight, but all those things that led up to power is what's so fantastic to me is and and i feel extremely fortunate uh to be in this unique position but it took a while to get there and you know so where you left off was becoming an imaging director and how that came about something about the 360 machine okay that's what yeah that's what popped me into the imaging the imaging bug got me when i saw that first time i ever saw a sound wave on a screen was on the Shortcut 360. I, I'm sure I've, I may have seen it before, like on a Mac back in the day, way, way back, you know, or even on a, a Windows computer. But eventually what happened when I was 19, I saw John Paoli, the engineer at Groove Radio 103.1, was like, Sketch, hey, come here. Pulled me into his office. He's like, you know how you guys have to cut audio on reel-to-reel with the, the razor blade and the tape and all that? And he was like, this is going to change everything. And he showed me like a, an example phone call. And he was like, you can... You can edit on the left side. You can edit on the right side. So you can even overlap them. I'm like, what? The? He was like, it even comes with sound effects. And he's playing like, wee, wee, all these crazy sound effects. And I started editing phone calls and doing little sweepers, little imaging bits. It'd be like, Tony B, you know, Groove Radio. And that's what, like, eventually I was like, man, I think I'm kind of, not that I think I'm pretty good at this, but Tony's like, yeah, you're really good at that. And Swedish Eagle, who was running Groove Radio at the time, was like, oh, Tony, those those sweepers are very good, my friend. He was like, is that Drew? And he's like, no, that's Sketch. And they were like, what? And eventually, they kind of were like, you should do more of that. And Drew left, and they kind of put me... At 19 years old, I became an imaging director for Groove Radio, or Groove 1031, because by the time Swedish Eagle left, they dropped the radio. It was a whole political you know, thing, radio politic thing that changed. How crazy is it that you were surrounded by these big names at that age? I know. It was wild. (laughs) It's still surreal to me. I look back and I'm like, I still trip on it because I'm like, man, I'm still that same guy. I'm just so much. I mean, I'm 45 now. And I started when I was 19. It was 97 when I went to Groove Radio. And then eventually, because that station only was around for a year and a half, but it was such a pinnacle part of my radio uh, expertise and prowess that that I didn't even know it then, and I was so out of control and so you know horny young sketch, just trying to hook up with chicks and go to clubs, and <laughs> you know it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I knew what I wanted to do in radio and music and in radio, but I didn't know what radio was until Big Boy started. I eventually took a vacation and I went up there for like a week long audition with Big, and he wanted to bring me up. They needed a new production guy. He knew he heard I was doing production through another uh, mutual friend, DJ of ours. And it just turned out, he was like, hey, man, come up to the station, be there at six in the morning. And I spent my whole vacation that one week at Power on the DL. It turned out the way it was supposed to turn out. And, you know, here we are. And it's all because of that guy, because of Big Boy that, that we're even having this podcast right now, man, that I'm even, you know, connected to you guys. But I wanted to say real quick, before we go any further... That it is because of you, J Magic, and you, Young Jizzo, um, as one of the key 
uh, variables in why I started my own podcast. Because wow. um, okay. I swear to God, man, I put that on my mom's ashes and I never say that, but it's very true. I got an iPhone 13. And I talked about this on my podcast where uh, it came with all these subscriptions, right? And it came with a subscription to Spotify. Now, you don't need a subscription to listen to Spotify uh, podcasts. It's free. Yeah. And it's more of just for the music so you can skip and all that stuff. But it came with a subscription. I was like, all right, let me check out what Joe Rogan's all about. Everybody's raving about Joe Rogan. I'm going to check it out. Listen. And then I, I saw you on Instagram, Jay. And I started following Young Jizzo. And I saw that you had a podcast. Oh, let me check his out. And I checked out maybe one or two, maybe three more podcasts of people I didn't know, right, in person, right, in real life. And then I heard yours, and I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. Like, it gave me that, that inspiration to go, yeah, they're, they're doing one. I'm not trying to be like Rogan. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm just, like, taking in all this information and going, man, it seems almost as essential of having, like, an Instagram profile now. If you're in radio or you're a DJ or you're, like, good behind the mic... You should have a podcast. For sure. You know, it's just part of, I just don't, do you guys feel that way too? Oh, for sure. And when we were starting our podcast, we had to do research on, you know, what makes a good podcast. And the two biggest things is you have to be a good storyteller and you got to teach the listeners something. And you got both, my friend. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Well, it's, it's definitely uh, each one teach one, as my friend Big would say. It, you know, I learned a lot just from listening to one episode and it was because of you Jizzo talking to Jay Magic the first episode i heard was Jay Magic talking about Instagram like what is it the dark side of social media i think that was one of the yeah right oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and and you uh-huh. had said and it really enlightened me cuz i never really thought of it that way was don't you told Jay Magic you told John Magic what you were like man it's not about likes it's about how many views does that post hit yeah exactly that's how many accounts does it reach yeah, doesn't yeah, matter yeah. if they like it or not mm. it's matters did they see it yeah and i'm like oh shit he's right yeah i think sometimes we get caught up in the likes and the comments and it's like but people see it i see people come out me in the streets all the time yo i saw this video i saw this video i'm like oh word and next thing you know like everyone sees it but you just don't know because you didn't see like a like or a comment but yeah, as, as long as eyes get on it, that's what I really care about. Okay, let's talk about your current position. So you're imaging for Big Boy's Neighborhood, but also uh, the whole iHeartRadio in LA? I'm imaging, not even imaging director, I'm just imaging for Big Boy. Creative imaging for Big Boy, specifically. So even back then, at Power, I was specifically imaging for Big Boy only. And now I'm Big Boy's imaging, His, you know, I edit the phone taps, I cut all his commercials, all the, you know... Gardena Nissan, which we create these like very specific jingles that eventually become like staples. So during this time, you weren't doing any on-air stuff anymore? You were just focusing on the imaging? Yeah, because okay. I only did on-air at Groove Radio. I did a little bit on-air with Big Boy. I would do a segment called Sketch on the Streets at Power back in the day. This is before Liz even came on board. I remember going out as Sketch on the Streets, and I would go to the, Hol- uh, the Third Street Promenade, Promenade in uh, Santa Monica, and every time a new movie would come out, like, let's say, Gladiator, back when, you know, Kurt Russell, uh, it's not Kurt Russell, is it, what's his name? What's his name? Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Russell Crowe, right. What a Kurt Russell. I would go to all these different premieres and interview the celebrities on the red carpet, take back the audio, cut it up, and then they'd run it as sketch on the streets. So it'd just be a minute segment. And they would run it. And it would just be me. It's like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, tell why your fans, why you got your fans, why they got to come see End of Days. Oh, it's the greatest movie ever. It's a fantastic. You have to come out and see it. Tell Big Boy. He's got to come see it. 
you know, get your greasy hands off me. And, and it would people would rave, oh, my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it would just be stupid stuff like that we'd come up with. So those are like my on-air segments at Power. But it was mainly just doing voiceover work and we did bits and stuff like that. Speaking of bits, uh, I think this is a good time to transition to this story that I want you to share. But don't give all the details because I want people to listen to your podcast because you talk about this story in full detail. But give us the story about you and Busta Rhymes. Oh, yes. Okay. I'll give you like a a quick synopsis of it. So working for Big Boy, uh, eventually Busta Rhymes was driving in from Las Vegas. He heard some bits that we had produced on the show. Fuzzy was at this show that Busta was performing at, and he told Fuzzy, who was working with us at the time at Power, was, he was like, oh my God, Busta heard Lifestyles of the Rich Oasis or whatever bit we were running, and he loved it. And, he, and, and, he, and Fuzzy was like, yeah, that's Sketch who produces it, and Jeff Schimmel who writes it. And at the time, Jeff Schimmel was the head writer uh, for Big Boy. And yeah, and eventually, it's because of those bits that... Busta was like, I want to, I need to meet this guy because I want, I got some ideas and he's the one to do it. And uh, that's, there it is right there. But can you share what you did for Busta Rhymes? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to totally give it away. Um, but yes. So I went and met up with, with Busta Rhymes after meeting him uh, at the station and he invited me to the studio, uh, Larrabee Studio, Santa Monica Boulevard. And I essentially took him a, a DAT tape, remember DATS, and had all these different bits on it from Big Boy Show presented it to Busta Rhymes, and he hired me for Extinction Level event to produce the intro and the interludes. He, he hired me and Jeff Schimmel. Man. And we pr- put that all together, and it's it's gone down in history, man. So yeah. your work is literally on Busta's album. Yes, and I also worked with Ice Cube as well in 2006 for Laugh Now, Cry Later, uh, which was his comeback album after I don't know how many years he had been away, because he was, he was acting, he was directing, he was barbershop and all that stuff was, was happening. And again, it all goes back to... How did I get these unique positions with these incredible artists? Big boy. Is it true, uh, going back to that Busta story, is it true that they just ask you, so how much do you charge? Like, what's the story on something about they ask you, so how much do we pay you? And oh, yeah. You like, what was your answer again? I said, you can pay me whatever you want. (laughs) As much as you think I'm worth. I'm just so honored to be a part of this. You know, like, it, I think just. Having obviously, I didn't have a lot of worries on bills and stuff back then. You know, even working with Cube, you know, I st- I still had my parent, my mom to rely on in case anything happened. You know, financially, right? Now it'd probably be a little bit different. You know, now I'd have to really kind of really think about it. But to be honest, I don't even like doing that because it, again, it's like you can charge him. Let's say you charge him ten thousand dollars, right? But is the work really worth that much? Because it's only like a minute and a half of work. Yeah. And yeah, they're going to sell millions of albums, but you're going to be able to tell this story for the rest of your fucking life, dude. Like on this you podcast. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yes. And like on this podcast, on, on, uh, it's like it's always going to live on on the album. And yeah, I'm not really worried about the money. You know why? Because I feel so confident in knowing that they'll probably come back to me or somebody else through them will come to me for work and it'll onward and so forth it'll be word of mouth that's the sketch he does great work man you can rely on him he shows up he doesn't disappoint i hope and you know uh, i feel like i'm accountable i'm reliable and i think that's more worth more than just having a lump of cheddar uh, all at once and then kind of letting it go to your head. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking I'm an idiot, you know? So not only has Imogen gotten you, um, you know, the music side of it, but you, 
Jizzo even had a question about. Yeah, I mean, outside of you know the stuff that you did on radio and you, the Busta album, what are some other things that you produce? Maybe you know intro wise for some companies, maybe some some oh, TV yes. stuff, uh, some soundtrack stuff, some scores. Is there yeah. anything outside of you know just the radio and the Busta thing that you know that you had to put your, you put your name on? Absolutely. Well, let's say outside of just the radio tributes are something that I've become known for producing. But that's also falls in the radio realm, right? But because of those tributes, it, it caught the attention of people outside of radio at Universal Music Group. And because I worked with this one uh, cat named uh, Desi, who is one of the head directors at Universal Music Group of film, right? When they do like documentaries and short series on artists and celebrities that they, they manage and whatnot. I got hired as a sound designer for Universal Music Group. Uh, I'm no longer doing that now, but it went on for about two years. It, the problem is it's just it's a lot of work and I just it's time management for me. It was great money, no doubt, but the work was at times excruciating. It was so cutthroat and so last minute, but I did it and I enjoyed it and it took me out of my comfort zone for sure. But I just it was hard to manage sound design for Universal, big boy i heart i wasn't even doing a pot and life you know which i don't really have much of you know i don't have any kids i'm not married i live at i I work from home i live across the street from the station i'm lucky i'm fortunate where i'm at but i i've dedicated my entire self when they say give yourself to the company or to the profession 110 percent, i'm at 200 like that's all i do i sleep when I'm tired, I wake up and I work. Damn, I think that's how we are, Jizzo. Yeah. <laughs> so your work ethic, your amazing talent, being an imager, an audio artist, got you more opportunities. And now we're going into the realm of sports. You got to do uh, ah, yes. some imaging for yes. the LA hockey team, the Kings. Yes, thank you. That was really wild. The LA Kings intro, thanks to my dear friend Vic One, DJ Vic One, he was, he's the DJ for the Kings, and there was a new head of uh, live events and management. They were thinking, wanting to go in a different direction uh, with the imaging, like meaning they wanted to bring something different. And so we essentially applied radio imaging, an intro, and radio style imaging to the Kings at, when it was still Staples Center before it changed to Crypto.com Arena. But that was short-lived. But because of that short-lived run with the kings that intro that i had made the first concept intro that i produced never actually got played but it got the attention of fred rogan who is you know on nbc4 la he's retired now he just retired just like a month ago not even a month ago he just retired like literally just a few weeks ago and he has a show on klac at iheart media out here in burbank as well on on am 570 uh he does middays with uh, rodney pete but he was walking down the hallway and I'm all, hey, Fred, I just I just wanted to tell you, I did the intro for the Kings. I'm going to be like one of the new voices for the Kings, not the new voice, but one of the voices. And he was like, really? And of course, this is when we're all wearing masks still indoors. And so his eyes like popped out from under over his mask. And he's like, I'd love to hear it. Sketch sent it to me right away. I got to go. And he ran away, you know, and I sent it to his, his producer. And then he comes to me, Fred Rogan, and asked me to be the voice and the, to do the voice and the image imaging intro for the challenge which was 
Fred Rogan's uh, show with Petros Papadakis on NBC 4LA on Sunday nights after NFL football. Okay, hold on, because before we continue with that part of the story, I just want to play a little clip, just a short clip of that LA Kings intro. It's about to begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the legendary Staples Center. Home ice for your L.A. Kings. Wow, it is crazy where this imaging game has taken you, bro. All because of imaging and because, what did I hear on Joe Rogan's podcast? He had a guest on and he was like, I don't believe in luck. I think, not that I don't believe in luck. He goes, I think that luck is a combination of preparation and opportunity. Mm. And I was like, yeah, man, that's that's true. That's hot. Because I feel very fortunate that I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time, right? When it came to Fred, when it came to the Kings. But you, but you also like sort of create your own luck too, right? Right, yeah. I feel like it's because I'm I'm so passionate about what I do. Like I'm, I get angry about it, you know? I, I get, when I mess up, I get pissed at myself. And I don't know why, because it's really not that serious. Nobody really cares. Nobody knows. But I feel like because I'm so... In passion. tune on that, fr- yeah, man, it gets me angry. But it's also because of that anger, that drive, that fire. Yeah, that I think other people, I gravitate other people to me. All right, two more topics before we wrap things up. The, uh, we're, I'm I'm kind of jumping um, timelines here, but at one point, oh, in the middle of all this success that you're having, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Did you start a business? Was it? a business with this whole DJ intros, DJ drops that mm. you started uh, doing for DJs because the clubs were big at this yeah. time and people were coming to you to make them club intros and and drops. Yeah, I think Renrock has some. Well, <laughs> I have a beef about oh. that, by the way, which I'm going to bring up. But oh. can you tell me about that, that yeah. era of Absolutely. you making intros for the biggest I mean, DJs in the world? Sounds I, like a pretty good hustle to me. Yeah, okay. and, and, and you stopped doing it. Oh, okay. I did, I did. Okay, so well, I'll take you real quick to the beginning. Uh, the intro started because just like with Big Boy and radio and production getting me to where I'm at now, it's because... Of DJ Vice, he had an alias. DJ Vice, uh, he he called himself a uh, Super Mario or something like that, or, or just Mario. No, Doctor Mario. That's right. And he, it was like for trance music, right? And he was like, "Hey, Sketch, I'm doing this club at, at you know Red in downtown LA. You think you can make me an intro?" Because he knew I did production. I had never made an intro for a DJ, and he was like, "Yeah, just something like Doctor Mario." And I made it. And I used like Super Mario, like do 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 something like that. And he was like, "Cool." I'm going to do another club, but make this just as DJ Vice. Can you make it as, as something cool like that? So we started just coming up with just different ideas. And then eventually Vice started telling other DJs or other DJs just started hearing the intros and going like, who made that? Hell, oh, Sketch made that. The intro man, the intro man. And I remember going to Vegas with Vice a couple of times early on when he was doing a body English at Hard Rock, Hard Rock Cafe. And it was like, I had never been to Vegas as an adult. I was like 26 or something like that. Every DJ that was coming in there were like, he was like, oh, this is sketch. And I could see Vice whispering in their ears, every one of them, even girls who didn't give a shit about the intro, but, you know, he's just trying to give me, you know, some love and shit, right? And he would be like, yeah, that's the intro, man. That's the intro. He makes all my intro. That's the intro, man. And I was like, damn, that's dope, Vice. Thanks, man. You know, and it just tra- started turning. And it wasn't until 2010 that I created Sketchomatic, the intro, man. And that lasted for about 10 years. You yeah. know, like I kept doing intros. I did intros for, like I said, Vice. I did, uh, I did sound design slash kind of intro-ish stuff for Avicii, 
right? When he was with us, of course. Uh, But that was through them two productions. They did the video. It was kind of like the Universal Music Group kind of thing where they they would make the video, do some of the sound design themselves, and then send me the audio and go, hey, make this better. So I did that for Avicii, and I did it for Tiesto. Um, I I just feel like if you had a sketch intro, you were special if you got one. And so a quick question on on that is, was this, you never had help? You, no one, did you have no. assistance? No, never. I, I couldn't afford team, it, huh? man. Yeah. I, what's that? I'm sorry. Young? One man team? Yeah. One man band over here, my friend. It was, it was rough. And you know what? I, if I could do it again, I probably would do it differently where I would hire somebody to help or, but I'm so hands-on. I got to do it myself. Yep. I, I, I just can't. You know, I'm Mexican, bro. I just can't. Man, I, can't I, I can't rely re- on other people. Yeah. I can rely, but I can't rely them to, to, to think and have the same enthusiasm not, I yes. have. It's you not going to sound the same. All right, so here's here's where the beef part comes in. Oh, yeah, uh, let's hear this. What's his beef? With me? <laughs> oh, so one, one, of our, one of our B95 mixers, he goes by the name of DJ Renrock, he plays a drop, like this epic dj ren rock and the voice the just the brightness of it and he was like oh yeah uh i bought it from sketch like i ordered it really and i'm a uh, you know just on our imager so why don't i just make my own like yeah. i could i can do this too and i could just never get that sketch sound yeah, i could yeah, never get so that brightness crisp. i so i said yo sketch i'm gonna buy one like yeah. tell me how Just much give me a drop yeah. i wanted john magic one this was years ago years and years ago and you you sent me like four different ones with uh some girl doing it yeah. but it just wasn't that ren rock style <laughs> i was really? trying to hint oh. to you i was trying to hint to you that i wanted basically the exact I ren- see. yeah with, with my name <laughs> I the see. ren rock one sounds so good well let but, me hear it i want hold on i'm gonna look it up real quick hey, cause, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna see if see if i could find it i don't know if i have it no on this it was drive. fine but i just the, the what you sent me was fine but i was just so he just had something enamored huh? yeah. with I, he plays the, it to this day well actually. i can make you another one but i'd, I'd almost want to make it with my my own voice just because i don't have like uh well i don't know if i have uh full access to these these voiceovers no, anymore no, no worries no don't i don't oh, I but don't i'm gonna make one. it for you anyway so you could have it man you gotta you gotta have it jizzo you don't dj but you should have a drop too just so you can uh, have it you can make us an intro for our podcast there, there you go. go that'll be good this can well, get there, you and me fired me to, that brings me to the final uh topic before we wrap things up is your podcast um the podcast it's called the Sketchomatic Show. Is that right? Yeah, the Sketchomatic or, Show podcast, or just the Sketcho Show, or Sketcho Show for short. You ha- so Sketch's podcast. He, um, well, how he weaves in imaging, imaging throughout man. the whole episode, which man. yeah, <laughs> as Jizzo as and I are imagers. Like that's got to take a long ass time. Oh that's yeah, the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> oh yeah, it the does. first it thing takes we said when we when when I told Jizzo, I said, "Hey, Sketch is starting a podcast, but his whole podcast is almost like a Im- it's, it's <laughs> the whole thing is an image, and, and it's not uh, like, it's like an imaging promo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not just one thing here and one thing in the middle and one thing after. No, like throughout the whole thing, there's sound effects. There's just like a bunch of shit going on. It's super entertaining. But I'm thinking, like, yo, what kind of time are you putting yeah. into this? It's got to take you a long time. To give you an exact number on it, guys, it takes me at least eight hours for one episode. For one episode, wow. yeah, per episode. So it's like, and not only that, but it takes. For example, so if I record a, a podcast, like I just had Splice on, my boy DJ Splice, 
he came up to the to the station and we recorded. It took about two hours, right, to record it. And we, we hung out after and stuff, but it's a full two hours of just raw recording, right? And then I got to wait and come home and then I start kind of listening to it. So that's like another hour of just making sure everything sounds clean, whatever, and kind of making small edits that are obvious that, oh, we said three, two, one, or I picked up here, whatever. But then the day on Saturday when I released them, I published them on Saturday nights, kind of like around SNL time, right? Um, it takes me from like noon until till I'm done. And, and that's, you know, I take little breaks here and there to eat, you know, drink, you know, smoke a bowl, drink some coffee. But after that, I'm, I'm constantly just, I'm, and then what takes the longest, Young Jizzo, is if I hear a sound effect that I could, I could find that's like, oh man, I mentioned such and such, or she meant, or that guest mentioned this artist or this DJ, I'll go on YouTube and sit there for an hour looking for the right three second, just little clip. To mm-hmm. make it that make it that pop that makes it go, oh, I see what they're talking about, or yep. it just gives you that incentive to go like, like it, I'm glad that you pointed that out, young Jizzo. I'm glad yeah. you, I'm, I really appreciate <laughs> that you appreciate, and same thing with you, John, that you listen to it and you're like, first thing that comes to mind, this must have taken this guy a long yeah. time. Yeah, Literally like the first thing I thought of, yeah. but it was definitely appreciated because I know the time and energy it takes to just make just the littlest thing and you did it throughout the whole pod. Yeah, man. I'm kind of like pulling back the reins on as many sound effects. It depends also on who's the guest and what we're talking about. By the way, I have noticed that yeah. and, and I don't mind it. Right. I, I think I think for my anxiety, I'm like, okay, this this is less work for him. <laughs> and it's lessening your anxiety. It's yeah. lessening my anxiety, but, this, but here's the reason why. It's because I know there's going to be longevity or else we're going to get burnt out. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's the we other thing. We are going to get sure. burnt out. Yeah. So when I, I did notice on more of you know the newer podcast episodes, yeah. there were less, but I'm okay with it yeah. because I want you to keep going because you're such a great storyteller. Can you just explain mm-hmm. real quick to everyone listening why people, you know, what your podcast is about and maybe, you know, hook them into listening to a couple episodes. Throw a plug well, out there. Well, I'll take it back to what you said about Buster Rhymes being on there. There's a lot of great radio stories in general. Like if you're into radio or you just, you're curious about radio, maybe you want to get into radio. Uh, I'll tell you the truth about it. Like I, it's kind of, it's unfiltered. I tell stories where honestly, when I, li- I listen to your podcast, this could get me fired podcast. The stuff I say <laughs> on my podcast, I got to be careful too. I got to edit out, yeah. edit out almost half of the stuff I say because I'm like, oh man, this, this could get me fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I try to really, I like to walk the edge, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I try not to get too like shock, shocking about it. Like I don't want to, I'm not trying to ruffle people's feathers, but at the same time I am. And at the same time, I'm trying to bring a creative edge to it that most podcasts don't have, which is why I mm. implement sound effects. I recall things. I use certain sound effects as a thread throughout the podcast. And I put forth my greatest effort per episode so that each episode that you listen to stands out on its own. Each one is special, like a unique snowflake falling out of the sky. Each one, they're all the Sketch O Show podcast, but each one has its own certain charm about it because every guest is different. And even though a lot of the radio stories are somewhat similar, like meaning like a lot of the radio questions I ask, how did you get into radio? Who inspired you? Each body, everybody who comes on, each person has their own story, but everybody is so compelling. Some people fell into it by accident. Some people... Wanted to do it their entire entire life, but they kept getting told no. And it's it's just to me, I feel like radio is such a 
it's such a mysterious media because most people don't, it's not in the forefront of every, like TV is so in your face and it's so, you can be anything on TV. You can, but radio, like Fred Rogan says, radio, people can tell when you're bullshitting. People can tell when you're fronting. They're, they're not forgiving on radio. TV, you can get away with it, but not on radio. And that to me is why I feel like my podcast is, uh, is a unique podcast. It's new and I feel like it, it, it'll bring attention to a lot of the things that other people aren't saying, but at the same time that, that they want to like find something creative to listen to that is kind of somewhat inspiring where they, they also go, man, this must have taken this guy a long fucking time. And then where could you find, find the podcast? Oh, it's only on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and I think Amazon. It's not on iHeartRadio app because, well, for one, I know it's so weird. Only me. I, I work for iHeartMedia and I don't, have a, I don't use iHeartRadio app. It's only because I don't pay for the Spreaker or Buzzsprout subscription which rss feeds it to the iHeartMedia app i don't pay i just go through anchor by spotify it's free and it's like man i'm good like i don't i don't want to have to spend money because i'm not making any money off this podcast i'm doing it from the yeah. love of my podcast same, heart same you know what here. i mean same here yeah. i mean we're we're trying the same thing i mean i think you should be getting paid from for a certain thing and this is uh why so in our podcast if people listen to us they know about um, Spotify and where we kind of feed ours. Right. And at one point, we only did the top eight episodes on Spotify because I didn't want to pay for the, the the fee that where I could put all the episodes in. But I got rid of that hosting service because of your podcast. <laughs> really? How you would always say, try Anchor. Yeah. Wow. And I'm on Anchor now, and now Spotify has all 99 episodes Isn't that great? of our podcast. Dude, shout out to thanks Anchor, to you. though, bro. Well, I mean, thanks to you. And thanks to you for even inspiring me to do a podcast. You know, I, hey, I knew- we're all hopping each other out here. It's all, you know, game recognize game, bro. You know, all art day. recognizes art, bro. And I, I really appreciate you guys having uh, having me on and just having this conversation. It, it fills me with a lot of positivity because you got to understand, I'm alone almost all the time. I don't really see anybody except for the people I have on the podcast, which is now only bi-weekly. I was doing it every week. Now I, I can't, I just don't, it's again, it's a time management thing. So I'm always alone. So having this, this interaction with my peers, especially with you, John, and, and of course now becoming more acquainted with you, young, young Jizzo, it, it just, yeah. it's something I feel like, man, I need that human connection. And that's the other thing why I love my, why I love my podcast and why I love your podcast is because it's, it's a radio podcast. It's not just about true crime or a ghost story. Yeah. And not, not to knock those. I love those podcasts. Everybody has their own thing. But in radio, there isn't that many radio podcasts, you know what I mean, that yeah. are just about radio and entertainment and media in general within, within iHeartMedia. And, and we're kind of giving people an inside peek of how things work and how the grass isn't always greener just because we're in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's probably the grass is probably greener where you're at in Fresno. <laughs> it's probably covered with snow right now. Does it snow in Fresno? Right. Uh, it didn't this time. It okay. did this time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we appreciate you. And, and as you know, I'm originally from down there. That's and right. when I'm back visiting, we need to hang out. Please. Just there, you and I have you and I have so much in common. We brought up the whole magic thing, imaging, yeah. radio, yeah. but even our love for Stern. Oh my um, God, even, yes. even that subject. I love You and I, I know we could just go forever on that. We should have a whole I'm, other episode. <laughs> for, <laughs> for sure. Bro. So every time I listen to to your podcast, it's it's my life too. It's 
that I relate to it so much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you guys are ever uh, wanting to know about the radio business, listen to Sketches podcast. He has some great, great stories, g- great, stories great guests. Um, I can't wait till you even uh, go into the realm of like some big celebrity A-list movie stars because I can oh, see that yeah. happening on your podcast. I hope bro. so, man. I really hope so. I, I, you know, like Joe Rogan has like he just had Mark Zuckerberg on, or he has like big names on, right? And then the next day yeah. he'll have somebody who I've never heard of, and yet I don't care. I just I still want to hear what it's they have to regardless. say. It's compelling. Yeah. yeah, it's it's that's why I was like I got to have you guys on my podcast. I've had Fred. I've had. Tim Conway Jr., I have a big boy, I had Liz Hernandez, but they all can't be Liz Hernandez. They all can't be Fred Rogan. There isn't yeah. enough, I don't have that many, my Rolodex isn't that extensive, uh, but having people on that have an interesting story to tell within their own radio experience, to me, is always compelling, no matter who it is, no matter what department they work in. If you got some shit to talk about, let's talk about it, and that's... That's why I love your guys' podcast. And not only that, Young Jizzo, but you're a wise young man, bro. Like, you've been here before. You f- I feel like you have an old soul just because of the look <laughs> in your eyes. Like, this yeah, guy's yeah. been here before. Just because as soon as you said, it's not, about the view- uh, it's not about the likes, John. It's about the views. I was like, this guy. This guy, <laughs> Game this guy said it all right here, man. He said it. I mean, I, I love this guy. I don't even know him. So, yeah, yeah, man. We appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man. Likewise, guys. Likewise. And anytime you're in Burbank, please. I don't have a car. I'll gladly Uber to wherever you're at in, in L.A. or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I sold no, my car. We're, we're picking you up. We'll we're going to we'll swoop you up. Uh, let's do it, man. Let's let's hit up a spot and uh, let's go down to the Burbank Media Center and just hit all the restaurants and just get. No, we got. Is, yeah. is Poquito Mas still there? We might. Oh have yeah, to go Poquito there. Mas is still there for Yay. sure. You, you want to come to the one Poquito spot. Mas? Yeah, yeah, the one. The <laughs> that was our burrito. spot when we used to wear a power. Oh man, dude, I love Poquito Mas. Check that out. Yeah, a lot of stories, but but yeah, man. We might have to do another episode to cover more, but yes, uh, please. we appreciate you being on ours, bro. We'll we'll cover some more when you guys are on my podcast uh, ne- next, okay? So let's do hey, that. Let's is. set right. that up. We should just record Sounds my good. podcast now. No, I'm just like, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do it <laughs> in the future. But thank you guys. Love you. Definitely. This could get me fire podcasts. We out. Nice. Thank you, guys.